Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the Word, let us take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for what you have done in our lives, Lord. And we just thank you that you're the one who gives true wisdom, Lord. Wisdom that glorifies you, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you give it to us freely, Lord, and without reproach. But we can come and ask you, Lord, and that you will grant it if it's according to your will, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you that we have your will to rely on, Lord, so we don't have to try to make up our own plans on, or our own ideas of what you would be pleased with, Lord, but that you tell us directly, saying, this is what I have for you. And Lord, we just thank you for, you, thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Word in the book of Acts. Actually, we're going to We're going to reread the first 12 verses of chapter 20. So if I could volunteer to do that, please. I will. Are you going to do it, Promise? Oh, Mommy, you can do it. Okay. First 12 verses of Acts chapter 20. After the uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples to himself, embraced them, and departed to to go to Macedonia. Now when he had gone over that region and encouraged them with many words, he came to Greece and stayed three months. And when the Jews plotted against him, as he was about to sail to Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. So Sopater of Berea accompanied him to Asia, also Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians, and Gaius of Derbe, and Timothy, and Tychicus and Trophimus. Trophimus of Asia. These men going ahead waited for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days joined them at Troas, where we stayed seven days. Now the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Now there I'm sorry, there were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the window, I'm sorry, from the third story, and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now when he had come up, had broken bread and eaten, and talked a long while, even until daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. Amen. So, as is our custom, we're going to open up the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you may have. So, who would like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. So, the Lord was showing me, we had looked at um, Paul and the compassion that he had on this young man that fell asleep in the window and we see 
God having compassion on the young man, but he was also having compassion and showing mercy to the people gathered around, the ones that were originally saying that Eutychus was dead. And I say that and it's an encouragement for them and for us, but for them, they were able to see that the Lord heard their prayers, that he was open and attentive to their petition, to their plea and their cry before him. At this time, in the time of Paul, most Jews thought that the Gentiles were below themselves, that God wouldn't hear them because they weren't the chosen people. They weren't from the 12 patriarchs from the from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and didn't come through this, to the descendants that way. And Paul is now preaching to the Gentiles and telling them that God still has a heart for them as well, that he wants to bring them into his kingdom and draw them into his family. And they didn't have to worry if God was going to hear them or not. They didn't have to go, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Um, I'm not of this caliber. I don't have this qualification. I don't do these things. I have done these things. And the kinds of thoughts that the adversary would come against them with, like, oh, you're not good enough. Am I righteous enough for God to hear my prayers? And God was showing these people and the young man that, yes, he is. He's watching and he's listening and he's paying attention, even though it doesn't look like to our natural eyes that he is he's always watching he's always attentive and that's also an encouragement for us today you know there are believers that go well i don't know if i've been righteous enough for god to hear me i've done too many things wrong in my life what if i mess this up what if i don't hear him correctly and all those other kinds of questions of doubt and fear and unbelief and god just comes and answers it with love and he goes i have you sweetheart i know what you need before you ask of me I know that you need finances to pay your rent. Um, you need a car to get to work. And he provides those things and he cares. So, and the reason I'm sharing that with you is even from my own experience, I have had times where I'm like, ooh, maybe I did something that I shouldn't have or I didn't do something that I should have. And I'm like, Lord, are you going to answer my petition? Are you going to hear my prayer? Will you even care? is the more important question. Does God even care? Well, yes, he does. Now, on the other side that we do have to look at is he doesn't bless unrighteousness. He's not going to co-sign on it and condone and go, that's all right. I know you intentionally commit iniquity, which is different from then just, you know, making a mistake and mm -hmm. sinning. You're committing iniquity and I'm still going to bless you in this way. I'm still going to sign off on it. No, he doesn't do that. That would be unloving of him. He disciplines us when we choose that route but for the one you okay you you may have messed up you didn't hear accurately all the way you didn't do it all the way god has mercy on you god forgives you and he expects you to do better in the future to to be more attentive to his voice not just go oh well lord i sin you're just going to forgive me but strive to reach that point of maturity that he could whisper an instruction in your ear and you go and do it and you do it in excellence and perfectly just like jesus mm -hmm. so amen amen absolutely he is looking for someone who as you pointed out in a previous episode honey to whom he can show himself strong, right? But with that comes a, he's looking at us in our heart. Are we willing to receive him for who he is? Are we willing to put the things that do not reflect his nature, character, and attributes in our life away or aside and cling to him? That's what he's looking for. Someone who is willing, that has a heart 
toward the Lord. You're going to say something, sir? Um, yes, and this um, reminds me of a discussion we've had a couple um, devotionals back when we were talking about how people on the whole are so quick to throw others out, and we can see that Paul was not um, throwing them out, but he was encouraging them to move forward. Meaning that this wasn't just an option of saying, my faith is so much greater than you guys' and if you're not doing this, then you have not begun to walk in the will of God. <laughs> and mm-hmm. with that, he reminded me of, um, in Scripture, especially in Jesus' ministry, we see that Jews are not all the tribes of Israel. They are just three. Um, Simeon, Judah, and Benjamin. Those are only Jews. Everybody else is considered uh, Samar- Samaritan. You can see that when the um, kingdom split because uh, Simeon's inside of Judah. So Simeon came with Judah. He was considered part of Judah. Then Benjamin was the one tribe that um, Rehoboam got after. So though everybody else was considered a Samaritan. So we can see even here that they were splitting themselves apart. Um, if you don't mind, may I go read it? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Where are you going? Um, I'm going to First Kings um, 12. Wait, actually, is it 12? From, uh... <laughs> Are you talking about where the kingdom split? Yes. Mm-hmm. After Solomon? Yes, but I mean when he, um, the prophet is talking to Jeroboam at this point. He talks to him first, and then you actually see it split. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably inside of chapter 11. Uh, I see, um, I see, uh, 1 Kings 12, 23, says, speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, saying, um, talking about them, let's see. Did you find it where you were going, sweetheart? Yes, this is. Okay. Um, we see this in 1 Kings 11, and then we uh, really see this, it starts in 26. Then Solomon's servant, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and an Ephraimite from Zerida, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow, also rebelled against the king. And this is what caused him to rebel against the king. Solomon had built the Milo and repaired the damages to the city of, da- of, his, of si- the city of David, his father. The man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor, and Solomon, seeing that the young man was industrious, made him the officer over all the labor force of the house of Joseph. Now it happened at that time when Jeroboam went out out of Jerusalem, that the prophet prophet Ahijah, this Shilonite, met him on the way, and he had clothed himself with a new garment, and the two were alone in the field. Then Ahijah took hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and will give you ten tribes and give ten tribes to you. But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. And then it goes into all the sins. Um, in later places it says that the tribe that continued with Judah was Benjamin. Mm-hmm. So, But also what, I, what the um, Lord was showing me was that um, Samaria eventually became the capital of the kingdom of Israel. We know that because that's where um, Ahab set up his capital. 
But what we see here was that, and what this is why I drew my conclusion, was that there was originally 13 tribes. There was Manasseh, there was Ephraim, because Joseph got a double portion. Then there was the 12 patriarchs. Judah wasn't, Simeon was inside of Judah, and then they had Benjamin. And that's where you got Jews. Jews came from Judah. And Samaritan was from the other Israelites, whom they cast off as being wicked because they were, tend to be more wicked than they. Or they thought so. Well, I mean, I, I see where you're going with it, but you're, you're kind of skipping around quite a bit, right? There, there weren't 13 tribes initially. There was 12. And yes, Joseph got a double portion. So in many other places, you don't see Joseph mentioned. Mm-hmm. You hear about the two half tribes. So still staying that it's, they came from one. You're However, staying? yes, they both received a double portion. So it's, even in this, in this shift and the split, it's not saying that the other 10 tribes were not Jewish anymore, right? They chose to serve another God at this time, right? Oh, I would. Was, but that was one of your, your comments earlier, right? So let's make it clear for the listeners. These 12 tribes, right? And then, of course, 13 were still all Jewish. Genetically. They, genetically Jewish. They were, they were still in the, the group from... In the lineage of right. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Samaritans, where the way it's used in the, like in the Gospels, meant it references people that were half of... Go ahead, promise. Um, we also have to cons- uh, take into consideration that Samaritans was resettled by Assyria, and that is what were considered Samaritans because they were resettled, and it was different people from all over. There's that. There was the mixing of non-Jew with Jew. Right, so one um, parent being Jewish, typically the mother, hmm. and the father being of un- somewhere else. And and I think the biggest takeaway from everything, that even if we study down the genealogies, no one has the right to exclude but God. Amen. Right, yes. He's the only one who really and truly can determine DNA. I don't care if you swab your mouth today and you think, oh, it's conclusive and it says X, Y, and Z. But if the Lord says something different, it's according to what God says, and everything else is found a liar in his presence. So um, I think the point that you were making, darling, of that God loved them, and even if other people meant to exclude, God was on the intention of including, because he's the one who sets the boundaries. And he is the one who determines what's a value and what's not a value. And he said that he loves his children, and he knows those who belong to him. You can look through the genealogy of our Lord and Savior and find people who were not technically Jews, right? Yes. Got Rahab and um, Ruth. And Ruth, women, that God esteemed their love for him and prompted him, and she already had predetermined, to give them a place inside of his household. Mm-hmm. One of those ladies was out was living a less than, um, oh, her life was not quite so shiny and bright, right? She had a, a, a bad past, but God still loved her and raised her to a place of she was in the lineage of the Messiah coming into the earth. So whether anybody wants to pull it down to technicalities or look at the 
the jots and tittles. There's nobody that is more defined on the jots and tittles than the Lord our God and Amen. our master. Yes. So, and I do appreciate the reference that you were saying that they were divided, the people, even though they got separated into two different lands, if you will, two different kingdoms, they were genetically were still who God called them to be, right? Just like Reuben got disowned, but he's still a tribe, right? Yes. But the bigger point in all this is it's not genetics that gets you into the kingdom. It's the loving of right? your heavenly you just, father. You brought up the, the split in the kingdoms. Well... The Lord kept Judah, right, because of the, the covenant and the promise he had made with David. And because David had served them, right? So he was honoring that and said that they would remain, right? And yes, there was one other. But we talked about how the Lord loves everyone equally. And this is the bigger point, right? We, in the previous episode, we'd spoken about how, yes, the Lord raised people up. Right? He raised people from the dead. And many of them were Jews because that's where the Lord was sent. He was sent to his people. Mm-hmm. Right? We also talked about Elijah. Mm-hmm. And where was he sent? To Zarephath, to the widow. To Midian, which is in Midian, right? Mm-hmm. Midian is the fourth son of Abraham, Abraham. His, his second wife, I would say. Exactly, who Victoria. was not the son of promise. But we see here that the Lord, it mattered to the Lord, and he still sent his servant to them, and in the same thing, they're, they're, who he was sent to, the Lord was able to raise him up. So it shows that the Lord still cares and still loves those, even though they're not the the quote-unquote people of promise. Or what you would say, the golden child. Right, <laughs> exactly, right. But, and then, so. again, we just talked about, about our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, and how he was sent, and he raised people from the dead. Many were Jews, right? Mm-hmm. And now we have the Lord, through Paul, raising up the Gentiles, those with zero lineage to natural the patriot, lineage. natural lineage, right? Mm-hmm. Birthright lineage, to the patriarchs, right? And Abraham, we, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet the Lord still loves them equally, and He's demonstrating that love by doing, I'll say, the impossible, raising them from the dead. So mm-hmm. He loves us. He loves everyone equally. He's ready, willing, and able to to do what's needed to show Himself strong, even to the point of raising us up from the dead. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is the bigger thing. It's not where you're bloodline and lineage comes from it's is your heart towards the lord right and going back to what you were talking about with the split 10 tribes heart was not towards the lord he kept those whose heart was to the remnant whose heart was towards the lord who were willing to hear him willing to worship him and keep him in his rightful place in their lives and that is the message for all of us as Layla, what you brought up, he's, he's there, he's faithful, he's ready and willing to do all these things. But he won't condone our sin and our unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Iniquity, he doesn't condone iniquity. And he will pull us out of our sin, absolutely. And if you read through the, the New Testament where it talks about the seed of Abraham, it is very clear and made evident that the seed of Abraham is that of faith, um, not genealogy even though God is able to work on both accords, right? He's able to incorporate and bring all things together in one, which is something I absolutely love about God. He takes all the wrestling out of my brain and he gets it done because he is a good God. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? 
I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for the mercy and the compassion that we have in you, Lord, and the forgiveness for sins, God. And we thank you for the renewing that you have given to each and every one of us, Lord, that you clean us up when we come and repent before you, Lord. And we thank you that you hear our prayers and that you're attentive to our cares, Lord, that you know what we need and you provide for us, God. Not just the bare minimum, but you go above and beyond, Lord, to display and show us show the love that you have for each and every one of us. God, we thank you for our listeners and our partners, and we thank you for this time that we've had together in the word, God. And we bless your people in your name, Lord, Jesus, and we decree and declare that you are good, God, that you are faithful, and all you ever do is good for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.